is known to few people. It wasn't a popular game, or one that you could play whenever you want. It was a different kind of game. I'm Ash Emerson. I started this podcast because I want to find out more about rabbits, and I'm curious about rabbits, its origins, as well as how to play it, because, you know, I'm a gamer and uh, I'm pretty interested in it. I'm sure we'll uncover useful information about rabbits, but uh, bear with us. And also, if you have any tips, any advice, if you have anything at all that you think might help in rabbits, don't hesitate to share it with our podcast. Games have rewards and prizes for winners, and players successful enough to make it to the top. For this game, the stakes were higher, and the rewards weren't exactly clear. It was a mysterious game, and was played by few. The exact number of players was unknown, and still is. This game goes way back, but no one's sure how far back. The earliest evidence of it is in 1959, which was the first iteration of it. It was an ARGS game, known as an augmented reality game. So far, there have been 10 iterations. The ninth iteration finished not long ago, and now the tenth one is in session. I'm getting ahead of myself in terms of the state of the game, so we'll get back to that in a second. Arg games are made to immerse people in games, and to blur the line between game and reality. They're much more complex than normal games. You know, you have almost the physical, not yourself, person instead of a virtual world with things that don't exist but it acts as a virtual world that looks just as real and feels just the same as a real world and that's why they're so immersive because you often can't tell the difference because of all the graphical advancements that that they have now art games have many positive health benefits and they're fun you can play with friends make new connections that kind of stuff. It's a lot of fun. However, art games aren't always safe. What if there were serious consequences and repercussions for breaking the rules? What if things had less positive results and no longer encouraged positive outcomes and rewards? What if the environment was no longer friendly and you were subject to injury rather than fun in games? What if it was more than just a game? You see, that's scary about some games. They can be so fun and so immersive, but you know, in the same second, they can be just as deadly and detrimental to us and to our friends and other people. Point is, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the answer to this lie somewhere from the deep, strange, and mysterious web to an old building on a popular street on a bulletin board in the back of a convenience store. It's up to us to find and figure it out. I'm a gamer. I play a lot of games, and I love playing them. 
Naturally, I'm always reading about them when I can, especially when I'm not playing them. I like to stay in touch with them, to stay up to date with updates, patches, and new releases. It's fun, and there's always something new. However, with this game, it's different. It isn't popular and widely known like Call of Duty or Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. It hasn't got millions of players or a platform. It doesn't have websites dedicated to information about new updates and patches. It's not like that. It's an ARG game, but the structure is different. The rules are different. And the name? Well, you see, that's where things get a bit strange. You see, this game doesn't really have a name. It's a number. 10, or X, as it's called by its players. Players in this game signify the numbers instead of as digits as Roman numerals. So, in this case, since it's 10, it's represented with an X. But the thing is, since 1, in 1959, players began to refer to it with another name. A name that was final and unchangeable. It's a name that's been used ever since the introduction of 1 back in 1959, all the way to today's version, 10. It's a name that you might find in the back of a book in the library, with it scrawled onto a card inside the front flap, or uttered by two players in an abandoned underground train station in the city of Toronto. It attracts all kinds of types and requires certain types. The game has wardens, which serve as security and overlook the game and make sure things are going as planned. Wardens enforce rabbits and its rules, and they make sure that players follow them. Punishment for breaking the rules will cause the wardens to present themselves to you, and that is the end of the game. The final stage of the cycle, finality. So if wardens present themselves to you, something isn't right. The wardens are watching whether you see them or not, whether you know they are or not. They are there, and they are watching. Ever since the first iteration, one, in 1959, the name Rabbit has been passed and exchanged between players all the way to 9, which began after 8 ended in 2007. 9 was most likely launched between 2007 and June of 2016. The most recent version, X, probably launched a few weeks after the June of 2016, which is when 9 ended. It's most likely, as other players believe, in session now as we speak, but there isn't really any solid proof that it is. As I mentioned before, I'm a gamer, 
and I play games for fun, to make friends, and to experience things you can't experience anywhere else. I don't usually play games unless I'm interested in them or, you know, the concept looks engaging. For this reason, I don't play that many games, only a few, like Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and a few others. But then, I can't exactly remember the reason why I started playing rabbits, or how, but it had something to do with the mysteriousness of the game, and the possible unknown rewards. There were rumors of the rewards you get if you won rabbits. Usually rewards in games consist of a special easter egg hidden within to surprise you, or maybe it's a scene from a movie you like, or perhaps exclusive access to the sequel or a similar game under the same developer. And that isn't the case with rabbits. You see, with rabbits, rewards are unknown and blurry, but they could be possible NSA or CIA recruitment, large quantities of money enough to make you a millionaire or a billionaire. Another prevailing theory is the answer to everything, to the universe and all its secrets. No one knows for sure though. Playing rabbits isn't as simple as you might think. You have to look for clues. Think of things that other people or you probably wouldn't normally consider. That's why I require certain types. To be frank, I'm not quite sure how I started playing it and how it all started. I went to the library one day to check out a book and I was minding my own business. I went to the fiction section of the library because I like to read fiction and it was one of my favorite genres to read. The thrill of fiction is similar to the thrill of watching your favorite movie, listening to your favorite music, or playing your favorite game. I wasn't really looking for a specific book, not necessarily in particular, as I wanted to read something new that I hadn't read before or seen before. I was walking through the fiction section when I noticed something. It was a book I'd seen before. My friend, James, who lived in Seattle, had sent me a picture of a book he'd signed out from the library. We keep each other posted when we, you know, find out things or when we're trying new things just to keep each other updated because, you know, we live far away. So it's our way of, you know, staying in touch. It was an edition of Strange Adventures in the Rag Trade by Arnold Milner. He said it caught his eye and that it looked interesting. To be honest, when I saw the picture of the book, it didn't look interesting at all. It looked kind of boring, actually. I couldn't see why he would sign that book out, but looking back at it now, he could have been playing the game. Rabbits. The book on the shelf was a re-edition of the picture my friend James sent. It looked fairly new, like it had just arrived a few weeks ago. I don't know what compelled me to pick it up and sign it out, but I had a feeling that 
it was connected to rabbits, in a way. And this seemed like a good way to start finding things out about it. Especially because this was only source of information that I had at this point. As I was walking down the aisle toward the desk where you signed out books in the library, I was examining the book. There was a nice illustration on the cover, and the back was mostly plain, except for a few colors. As I was walking, I opened the front page of it, and noticed that there was a flap on the opposite side of the cover. Not many books have these kinds of flaps, so it looked kind of suspicious, but I didn't think it was a big deal. It looked like it could have contained an envelope or a piece of paper at least. Maybe a hidden message from the author. I opened it and I saw a slip of paper inside. I was confused by this and I was puzzled, but I took it out. But before I took a good look at it, I hid behind a bookshelf so that I wasn't noticed anyone. I mean, it certainly looked like I was vandalizing a book and I was in no mood to deal with pesky librarians over a book. Especially a book that didn't look like people would take it out. It didn't look interesting at all. I took it out carefully and examined the front. There was nothing special about it, apart from a character. A question mark with a faintly and scrawled outline of a rabbit. There was also an outline of an X. I had no idea what that meant, but when I turned over the page, there was more. It read as follows. X. That's the name. I hope this falls in the right hands, as the previous person didn't quite make it. How many steps do you think the lighthouse has? I tried to find out, but I didn't succeed. Something got in the way. Anyway, you'll know what I mean if this is the right person. Good luck. Remember the rules. That was it. That was the message. Below were some coordinates and a poorly drawn image of a rabbit. It didn't look like much, but I made a mental reminder to examine it further when I arrived home. I felt one of those strange feelings you might get when you get something, and it might be connected in a way to something that you might associate with or know, but you aren't quite sure how or where the connection begins. It also felt as if Someone was watching me, expecting me to find out about this piece of paper and read this message and let it guide me through unknown waters to an unknown destination. Just as I was about to put the piece of paper back into the flap and close the book, I noticed something else. There were numbers and letters above the text and below the text. It looked like an address, and the time, 10 minutes from now. 
The location was a few minutes away. There was another set of numbers. 8687. I was confused by this as well, but I didn't really have time to spend more time thinking about it. Might have more time, I could worry about it more when I got home. Right now, I had a choice. Either follow this cryptic message, hoping that it leads somewhere, or I can just go about my day as usual and go home and play games and get on with my life. It was the summer, after all. I was free, I didn't have school, so I had plenty of time to do whatever I wanted. After a few minutes of pondering this, I decided that I'd follow the message and go to the location. I wanted to call James and tell him about what I found inside this re-edition of Strange Adventures in the Rag Trade. Maybe he knew something about it. I mean, after all, he'd signed out a similar edition, so maybe he had a similar situation. I decided that I'd give him a call when I arrived home, check on him and see how he's doing. Then, I'd break the news to him. I began to make my way toward the desk where the clerk was. She was a female and looked to be in her early 20s. I assumed it was either a part-time summer job or some easy money, but I didn't know for sure. When I walked up to her, she looked up and was slightly annoyed at being disrupted with what she was doing. She asked me if she could assist me, and I waved the book and said that I wanted to sign it out. She asked me for how long, and although I said for a month, I'm not quite sure. If this book indeed has information on rabbits, I might be needing it for a long time, but I wasn't sure for how long. I assumed saying a month would be a good placeholder, and then I could return it when I didn't think I needed it anymore. She took the book from my hands, and was in the process of scanning it when she began to frown. She was staring at the book and turning it around and examining it. Did she discover the piece of paper in the flap? I was nervous, but after a minute or two, when I asked if everything was alright, she turned to me and said that this book wasn't in the catalog, nor in the library records. She asked me where I found it, as if I had merely found it in the street and brought it in. Strange. I told her it was in the fiction section, under the C-section of authors. As I remember this, something struck me. The author's last name was Milner, and began with an M, yet I had found it under the C section. This didn't make any sense to me either, until I thought about the placement of C and M in the alphabet, and their distance from each other. It was ten letters.
As I realized this, I froze and took back the book from the librarian. She told me the book did not belong to the library and that she'd have to contact her administrator. I hastily told her that it wasn't necessary and that I wanted to take it home. She told me in as nicely as she could that although there was no record of the book in the library, it was still technically the library's property. That's exactly what she said, word for word. I told her that I would pay for it, and I asked how much it cost. Like I said earlier, this was probably my only lead for rabbits at this point, and I wasn't about to let it slip away, not if I could stop that. She gave me a warm smile and told me that the book wasn't for sale, and that she would keep it with her and show it to her manager. I had a feeling that I wasn't going to win this, or be able to keep it, and I had to make a decision. I could either take the book and leave the store, which I'm calling the police, no doubt. A young teenager stealing a book from the library seems a fitting title for this case. Or I could take the piece of paper hidden in the flap and bring that with me by somehow convincing her that it was a scrap of paper someone put in the book and that it was junk and belonged in a recycling bin. That is, you know, if I got that far. If I didn't, then I'd be spared the whole hassle of giving her a story of what I would do with the piece of paper and why it was so significant. Or rather, insignificant. I asked her again if I could look at the book for a few seconds, and she agreed, reluctantly. I think she thought I was wasting her time. But then again, she was a librarian, so a lot of people probably asked her similar questions. She took it from my hands again, examined it one more time, as if she was pondering whether or not to give it to me, as if I might steal it, but then she gave it back to me. I took it and opened the front page, and then pulled the piece of paper from the flap with my back turned. I gave the book back to her and told her to put it under my name while she discussed it from her manager. She nodded and took the book back. As I left the library, I had a distinct feeling that she probably wouldn't discuss it with her manager. Not for a couple of days at least, because she probably had other more important pressing things to worry about. I didn't mind. I had all I needed in my hands right now, and it was the piece of paper with the text on it about rabbits. As I looked at my watch, I took out the paper and looked at the address. I looked up to the street signs, and with a shock, I realized that I was already at the location. I stood and looked around me. Nothing seemed to be suspicious. But as I looked around more, up towards the sky, something caught my eye. I looked towards a tree near the library, a couple of feet away from me. I noticed there was a bird on it. Normally, seeing a bird on a tree or the ground wasn't special, but this was different. I felt strange, as if it was beckoning me to come forth, 
and said they wanted to tell me something and I was reporting. As I walked forwards, there were a couple as I was getting closer, and there probably couldn't have been more, but the tree's thick branches blocked them from view. I walked towards it and looked at the birds much closer. They were light brown, with seemingly black eyes. Their wings were gray and dark brown. They had looked similar to a bird I had heard of, a bird that had been long since extinct, a passenger pigeon. It looked similar to it, but it was probably a related species. But the resemblance was still startling. What was a bird descended from a passenger pigeon doing here when the passenger pigeon itself was extinct. I didn't know much about birds, so I didn't really know what kind of climate they were accustomed to, nor where they usually were this time of the year. And I wasn't about to, you know, pull a Nancy Drew trying to figure this thing out. It was just a bird. But it was strange. It was strange because I felt as if it was a hint or a clue telling me I was on the right track. Right. I stood there for a good few minutes, staring at the birds, wondering what this could have possibly meant. I stared around me for a few more minutes, trying to see if there was anything else shouting at me for its attention, begging me to come to it. But after a while, I decided there was nothing but the birds, and decided to go home. It was a long day. While I was walking home, I kept going over the words from the piece of paper in my hand. X, that's the name. What could that mean? Could that be a reference to the tenth iteration of Rabbit? How many steps do you think the lighthouse has? What could a lighthouse have to do with all of this? With a game like Rabbit? Why would someone want to know how many steps a lighthouse had? What lighthouse were they referring to? There were likely thousands of lighthouses in the world and the piece of paper didn't specify any particular lighthouse. Remember the rules. What rules was the paper referring to? Could they mean the rules of rabbit? Although I was asking myself all these questions and I wasn't able to get their answers, I had to open up my mind and look for connections. It all seemed to fit and connect, but what if it was all purely coincidental? I'd be tracing a dead trail and would be very disappointed if this all turned out to be a coincidence and didn't lead to anything. It was the summer and I finally had a chance to distract myself with something. But what if it was a dead paper trail? What if it didn't lead anywhere and someone was either pranking me or just wasting my time? However, I was convinced that this was all 
that it meant something, that it was meant to be, and I wanted to find out more, and if possible, maybe even win the game. I could become an NSA or CIA secret agent. Maybe I'd win a lot of money and become a millionaire. These were all possibilities, but I had to focus on what I had in front of me first. I continued to walk home and eventually made it. It was getting a bit dark, but it was still very visible as the evening was just beginning to set in. The sun, a brilliant shade of, brilliant shade of orange and yellow, was visible over the horizon. It looked like it'd be a good evening, with a good view. I got into my apartment, washed my hands, changed clothes, and sat down. It had been a long, weird day. Several coincidences that just happened to be connected in some way to the mysterious underground game known as rabbits. I had no idea what to think of the cryptic message on the back of the piece of paper or any of this. Could it be a clue? Was someone trying to communicate me via paper trails? While it was exhilarating and exciting, finding these things out and exploring these connections, it still felt awfully coincidental that they just happened to match by chance. The intersection on the piece of paper corresponding to the intersection that just happened to be in front of the library. Looking up and seeing the birds, reminiscing about the passenger pigeons and recognizing them as a distant species that was related genetically, it all seemed to just fit. Rabbits seem to promote this kind of thinking, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I hadn't eaten for a while and was about to eat and watch a bit of TV when the phone rang. I went over and picked it up. Hello? Who's this? I said. Hey, yes. How's it going? I recognized the voice. It was my friend, James, from Seattle. Hey, James. It's going well. I just went to the library to get a book and came home a few minutes later. I'm a bit tired, to be honest, but it's been a, it's been a good day. How are you doing? Nice. I just went outside and played some basketball. Went swimming, then went home. You know, the usual stuff. I ate, played some video games. Went to the library. What book did you sign out? I was struck by this. How could he have possibly known that I had signed out a book? Or even went to the library? What, did he, was he in similar circumstances? I had no words. Yeah, I did. It was a book called Strange Adventures in the Rag Trade by Arnold Milner. How'd you know that? I had a feeling you'd find that book under the C-section. Things were becoming very cryptic now. I was so confused. How had he known where it was, what book it was, and what the author was? How do you know that? 
It was a guess. I signed it out in the Seattle Public Library as well a couple weeks ago. Don't really want to read it though. All I found was a piece of paper with cryptic instructions, advice, a time, and a location. Yeah, yeah. It was more or less the same with a few discrepancies along the way, but yeah, pretty much. The location it mentioned was literally, you know, a coffee shop down from where, you know, the library was. Hmm. For me, the location it mentioned was literally the intersection in front of the library. This was odd. How could have that location in the same book on the same piece of paper have corresponded to two different locations for both of us? I didn't know what to make of this. Yeah, it was a coffee shop. It was odd though, because I didn't remember seeing a coffee shop on the block of the library when I entered it. You know, I wasn't paying attention when I passed by, so I don't know for sure, but I could have sworn it was there. I don't think I'm going crazy though. <laughs> when you left the library, it wasn't there? Are you sure? No, it wasn't. Not from what I recall. It was a different shop, with similar colors and design, but not the coffee shop that I saw. Pretty sure it wasn't. What do you think this means? I don't know. Could it be the game? Game? What game? You know the game. Rabbits. You think we're playing rabbits? It could be. All these coincidental clues and hints lead to an intersection point. And an inflection point, if you will. The point where two lines meet. So, you're saying this is leading somewhere. Like, it's a sign that we're on the right track. That we're, you know, playing rabbits? Yeah, it looks like it. I could be wrong, but it certainly does look like we are. Listen, I'm planning on flying to Toronto. It might stay for a bit. Really? When? Probably in a week or so. It's summer, so I just wanted to get out of Seattle and visit Toronto. Besides, when I arrive, we can work on this together. We can play it together. We can help each other. Sounds like fun. You know, you can stay at my place. Where else would I stay? Alright, well, let me know when you have your flight and when you arrive. Have a safe trip. Look forward to seeing you soon. I will. See you soon. Take care, Ash. See you. Take care, James, as well. The line disconnected. James, one of my best friends, was going to come down to Toronto. This was great. We could probably play X together, and we could win. Who knows? I couldn't wait to tell him about my encounter at the library and the birds I saw on the tree. Perhaps something similar happened to him. Maybe he had something similar. Maybe he could, you know, tell me what happened to him. We could compare our situations and, if possible, find some kind of intervention along the lines. 
But for now, all I could do was wait. I went over to my phone and called the pizza place. I was hungry and felt like eating pizza. Pizza was really good and there was a pizza pizza near me. It'd probably arrive in a few minutes anyways. Just cheese, I said. I wasn't a fan of pepperoni. After about 10 or so minutes, the doorbell rang. I walked over to the door and opened it. The delivery guy handed me the pizza and walked away. I had paid for it online. Technology, you know. I closed and locked the door and then went back to my living room to eat it. It was still hot and steamy and it looked delicious. I had set it down and was about to eat it when I noticed something. There was a note. However, it looked as though whoever had put it there had gone to great lengths to try to put it somewhere inconspicuous. You would have most likely not known it was there unless you looked real close and examined it carefully. It read, The game started. You know the rules. You play, you never tell. Find the doors, portals, points, and wells. You play, you never tell. Step through the gates of life and health. You play, you never tell. The wardens watch and guard as well. You play, and pray, you never tell. The message was clear. The game had begun. Rabbits had started. X was in session. It's time to play. It's Rabbits. I'm Ash Emerson. We'll be back again in four weeks. In the meantime, stay tuned. Brought to you by this episode of Rabbits by the Public Radio Alliance and Minnow Beats Whale. Rabbits. It's television for your ears.